Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. Hope you are having a great day. And if you're listening in the morning, good morning. Great to have you guys on. Uh, love you guys so much. Appreciate you guys taking time to spend time uh, together and in the Word of God. Today, we are in the book of Acts. And so, uh, great chapter, great chapter in the book of Acts. One of my favorite chapters, just in terms of uh, the way it forms. Uh, and really charted an important uh, course for the church moving forward. Acts chapter 15, the, the very first church business meeting, as it were. Um, so if you've been with us this week, you know we've been charting through these middle chapters of the book of Acts. And over the weekend, we won't be together. But if you want to stay on the reading plan, be sure to pick up Acts chapter 16 uh, and read that on your own. We'll be back on Monday with Acts chapter 17. All right, let's do it, y'all. Acts 15, you know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. Certain people came down from Judea to Antioch and were teaching the believers, unless you're circumcised according to the custom taught by Moses, you cannot be saved. Okay, right there, this is a big deal. Okay, anytime it's based on your salvation, your eternal security, your eternal destiny, your uh your salvation, your reconciliation with God. Uh, that's a big deal. And so there is a group there uh, that are saying, unless you undergo circumcision, okay, so unless you start undergoing the laws of Moses, so Gentiles who convert to, to, uh, to faith in Jesus, there's a group saying you must be circumcised. Uh, that was a, uh, a, a rite that all Jewish males did. Uh, to basically mark themselves as God's people, and so now they're saying, "Yeah, that that's still in a, that's still in effect." Yeah, Jesus rose from the, uh, suffered on the cross, rose from the dead. But yeah, but you this this rite of religion that is from our history uh, is still in effect. You still must do that. Uh, in other words, you you must first become Jewish before you can truly be a a a uh, a full member of the family of God. If you want to be a full participant in the family of God and all that uh, the rights and privilege, rights, responsibilities and privileges thereof, you must also become Jewish. Or you, well, actually, it's not even, I, I kind of misstated there. They're saying you can't be saved. Like you're not truly saved. Like not not that you, you um, they're not actually saying, now that I'm looking at it closer, they're not saying, that you don't have full privileges, they're saying you're not even on the bus. You're not even in the family. You're, 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 not, you're not there yet. You're not truly a member of the family of God. Wow. Verse 2, this brought Paul and Barnabas into sharp dispute and debate with them. Somebody math. That, that's, a, that's the nice Bible way of saying somebody's P.O.'d. They're in sharp dispute. Paul has and Paul and Barnabas. Why? Because Paul and Barnabas, we just read, they've been on 
they've been spreading the gospel all over the Gentile world. People have been responding uh, to the gospel. Many, many people have received Jesus and consider themselves, and the Holy Spirit has borne witness to the fact that they are children of God. And now you have a, peop- a group of people who are around Jerusalem uh, who are saying, um, who have come from from Judea to Antioch, from Jer- the Jerusalem area, telling people, "Oh yeah, you're not tr- you're not true believers. You got You 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 aren't truly saved." Like what? And t- yeah, until you uh, are circumcised. Of course, the adult men are like, "That's a terrible idea." <laughs> but the sharp dispute is is uh, by Paul and Barnabas is based on uh, the truth of the gospel. So Paul and Barnabas were appointed, along with some other believers, to go up to Jerusalem to see the apostles and elders about this question. So uh, Paul and Barnabas uh, leave from where they are and go to Jerusalem for the express purpose of dealing with this issue with the other believers in Jerusalem. The church sent them on their way, and as they traveled through Phoenicia and Samaria, they told how the Gentiles had been converted. The news made all the believers very glad. When they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and elders to whom they reported everything God had done through them. Now, you know that they were welcomed. Okay, they were welcomed and greeted. But you know, there's an undercurrent here. All right? There's an undercurrent of, uh, of a, a disagreement. You, ever, you know, you know you've, we've all been in experience those chilly welcomes. You know what I mean? <laughs> those welcomes where, yeah, it, it's cordial. You know, nice handshake, hug, maybe. Uh, pleasantries at the beginning, but there everybody knows there's some there's an undercurrent of of angst going on. You know, sometimes it's at work, sometimes it's in families. You know, sometimes it's between parents and kids. Like, yeah, we're we're being nice here at dinner, but we all know that we got some stuff we need to deal with here. <laughs> Maybe between a husband and wife. You know, everybody's being nice, but when the kids go to bed, we got some business we got to talk about. And so uh, that's kind of how this was. They greeted each other, and everybody was very glad. I'm sure they were. Uh, they were glad, but everybody there's a there's an elephant in the living room, and that elephant he's starting to make a little noise. He's starting to grunt and groan a little bit. Some, so, and they're all there to tend to the elephant. <laughs> so when they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles, uh, and and they told them everything God had done. Verse five. Then some of the believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees stood up and said. Okay, so they're at the, they're meeting, they're gathering, and so Pharisees uh, stand up, and Pharisees are sh- uh, strict adherents to the Jewish law. The Gentiles, this is I mean, they're not holding anything back. They're stating it straight up from the beginning. Watch this: the Gentiles must be circumcised and required to keep the law of Moses. That's all we got to say. <laughs> It's like, all right, we ain't got to spend a lot of time on this. Pharisees are like, we've been talking among ourselves, and we've come to a pretty uh, straightforward conclusion. Uh, and here it is. Okay, so the Gentiles must be circumcised and required to keep the law of Moses. Uh, so are we all good? We ready to go now? <laughs> well, this is the shortest thing you've ever been to. And it's like, wait, 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 wait. Isn't that true, though? Like when we get in our, in our own little echo chambers, we... Uh, we we talk about uh, things and we just we we because everybody agrees with us. We assume when we present our our watertight argument to the larger group, it's going to be like, oh yes, of course, 
<laughs> and it's like it's never that way. I mean, people have other opinions. They've they've thought about it too. They see the sides of it we don't. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's why it's so helpful to listen to other people's perspectives, you know. And uh, yeah, I mean, I learn things all the time. I just learned something recently from. Uh, I won't really go into it, but I was, you know, I've heard certain arguments about. Um, well, I'll tell you, and, and, and this is kind of it. It's so, you know, I've heard lots of uh, arguments about, you know, racism and systemic race, particularly systemic racism, the idea that institutions and structures are, can be, uh, can be framed in a way that ad- gives advantage to one group over the other. Okay, sure. They, 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 that, and, and certainly in, our, in the United States, that has been true. Now, at this point in our history, Almost all of those discriminative laws, it's, it's illegal, right? You can, it's illegal to do that. It's illegal to form laws that favor one group over another uh, to give them you know, privileges and, and rights that they're not afforded to another group based on race. Um, and and that, so, so you often hear the argument that, well, you know, race, you know, those, yes, back in the past, that's true, but we're, it's different now. All of the, you know, our, our laws don't allow it. And I, I, I believe that. I was like, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it makes sense to me. So why, you know, why are we talking about, you know, the, the way it used to be? That was horrible. We all agree with that now. We all see that that was wrong, but the laws are different. But someone said, and so in the echo chamber that I was hearing, that's all you hear. But then someone said this is a good point. I was like, that makes a lot of sense. Now there's other sides to it, but there's, I mean, it's a good lot of sense. Um, and it was someone who obviously did not, but he said this. He said, you know, that's true, but it's like the game of Monopoly. It's like you've been playing Monopoly and you've you've got, you know, you got three or four players that have played been playing Monopoly and they, you know, I've all bought up the houses and the hotels and gotten money. And then a fourth player wants to come on and and everybody says, Okay, but from now on it's gotta be fair. From now on, you know, the you know, you know, you can't do this, you can't do that. But um and so yeah, the rules uh, the rules now are fair, but there's a, that, that. How do you know that fourth person is is still now at a disadvantage <laughs> because all of the, a lot of the money and the houses and the property have already been bought up, so they can't discriminate against you. But you're kind of behind. You're kind of um, at a disadvantage, and so I thought, well, you know what, I you know I I got some more to think about there. I I appreciate. Uh, I see, I see some, uh, some things, some flaws in my logic. And, uh, I do think using a, a monopoly analogy is also using a, an analogy of scarcity and not abundance. Um, because obviously monopoly is a closed system. There's only so much money. There's only so many houses. There's only so much property. Uh, and so I would argue that um, the world is much more abundant than that, that there are. Yeah. So it doesn't negate that argument. Cause I think there's a lot of truth to that, that there are so many seats at tables, right? There are so many positions of power. And so, uh, at least by and large, unless you create your, create your own. Um, but, uh, so yeah, there, I think, I think, but anyway, all that to say, um, that little example showed me, you know, hopefully will show you that, 
yeah, sometimes you get in your own echo chamber and you think your argument's watertight, but then you actually hear someone who has a different perspective and they're like, yeah, but think of it this way. And you're like, oh, I can see, I can see where, you, at the very least, I can see where you came to that conclusion. I could see how, you know, where, where you're coming from. So anyway, this wasn't a, and actually it's interesting because this is kind of based on, uh, not, not, uh, race per se, but religious sort of prejudice here in the book of Acts, to be honest. I mean, you got to become like us. You can't be a, you can't be saved unless you become like us. Okay. We got, we got to, let's go on. Let's move on. Um, verse four, the apostles and the elders met to consider this question after much discussion. Peter got up and addressed them. Brothers, you know that some time ago God made a choice among you that Gentiles might hear from my lips the message of the gospel and believe. Now remember, Peter is like, he's the Jewish guy. And remember Peter early on in the book of Acts, God had to, re, God had to give him a vision to, to, uh, to release him from uh, seeing anything that was not uh, basically Jewish, that, that, that not everything non-Jewish was unclean. That he had actually, God had actually show him, like you know, no, you can inter, you can interact with Gentiles, you can reach Gentiles. Not everything is is clean and unclean. Not every food is clean and unclean. So G, Peter is a Jewish dude, all right. And so Peter's the one standing up. God, God who knows the heart, showed that he accepted them, that is Gentiles, by giving the Holy Spirit to them, just as he did, as he did us. He did not discriminate between us and them. He purified their hearts by faith. Now then, why do you treat, why do you test God by putting around the necks of the Gentiles a yoke that neither we nor our ancestors have been able to bear? No, this is the important verse. No, we believe it is through grace, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that we are saved just as they are. That's how Jesus plus nothing is how we're saved. The whole assembly became silent as they listened to Barnabas and Paul telling about the signs and wonders God had done among the Gentiles through them. When they finished, James spoke up. The brother James. Brothers, he said, listen to me. Simon has described to us how God first intervened to choose a people by, for his name from the Gentiles. The words of the prophets are in agreement with this, as it is written. After this, I will return and rebuild David's fallen tent. Its ruins I will rebuild and I will restore that the rest of mankind may see the Lord, may seek the Lord, and even all the Gentiles who bear my name. See, Gentiles, prophetic word about Gentiles coming to know the Lord, says the Lord who does th these things, things known from long ago. Here we go. Here's the judgment of the council. It is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. That is the key verse right there. That's the verse that I think absolutely critical in charting the direction, the course of the church. Could you imagine if they came to a different conclusion? He's like, no, they should not. They should not, it should not be made more difficult for people turning to God. Your, your, your biases, your uh, religious little uh, preferences, um, your favorite, the way, you know, what you want people to do should not become an obstacle to people turning to God. The gospel plus nothing. Jesus plus nothing is how we're saved. Instead, we should write to them, telling them to abstain from food polluted to idols, from sexual immorality, from meat strangled animals of blood, animals and blood, 
from the law of Moses, uh, for the law of Moses has been preached in every city from the earliest times and is read in the synagogues on the Sabbath. So there's a three little, these three kind of things, food sacrifice to idols, um, sexual immorality, uh, meat strangled, meat of strangled animals and blood. So he's saying we should at least tell them to refrain from doing those things. Why? Because there are Jewish believers in, or there's Jewish adherents to uh, in those communities. And if you want to be a witness to them as a Christian, honor, respect what, what they've been taught. Don't don't just because, well, it's Jesus plus nothing, so I'm just going to offend everybody because, you know, I don't have to do this or that. Look, if someone is offended by that, don't do it. Try to build a connection with them. Try to respect them. Honor where they're coming from. Then the apostles and elders with the whole church decided to choose some of their own men and send them with, to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. They chose Judas called Bar. Uh, called Bar- Barna- Barna- Barnabas, uh, they chose, uh, and Silas, men who were leaders among the believers. With them, they sent the following letter. So they sent Silas and Barnabas. The apostles and elders, your brothers, to the Gentile believers in Antioch, Syria, and Sicilia. Greetings. This is a letter. We have heard that some went out uh, from us without our authorization, and disturbed you, troubling your minds by what they said. So we all all agreed to choose some men and send them uh, to you with our dear friends Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, we are sending Judas and Silas to confirm by word of mouth that we what we are writing. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us not to burden you with anything beyond the following requirements. You are to abstain from food, sacrifice to idols, from blood, from the meat of strangled animals, and from sexual immorality, you will do well to avoid these things. It's not about your salvation. This is a recommendation that you stay away from these things because it's going to affect your witness to those Jewish believers. So the men were sent off and went to Antioch, where they gathered the church together and delivered the letter. The people read it and were glad for it, incur- for its encouraging message. Judas and Silas, who themselves were prophets, said much to encourage and strengthen the believers. After spending time with them there, they were sent off by the believers with the blessing of peace to return to those who had sent them. But Paul and Barnabas remained in Antioch, where they and many others taught and preached the word of the Lord. Yeah, so they um they stay and and Paul and uh, Paul and Barnabas stay and preach in Antioch. Uh, the other believers deliver the message and then return back to Jerusalem. But um. But then even Paul and Barnabas get in a little disagreement here. Look at this, bottom of chapter 15. Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, let us go back and visit the believers in all the towns where we preached the word of the Lord and see how they're doing. Let's circle back around that missionary journey and see how these believers, these churches we planted, see how they're doing, see how the believers are doing. Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark with him. Remember what happened a few chapters back. Mark turned back. He didn't even complete that first missionary journey. And here we see that we find out that that didn't sit well with Paul. (laughs) So Barnabas wanted to try it again. He wanted to bring John, also called Mark, with him because they're related, first of all. But Paul did not think it was wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. They had such a sharp disagreement. So here's another disagreement, This, but just between individuals. The other one's more of a theological issue, right? This is more just interpersonal. So they had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark, so John Mark and Barnabas go one way, and they sail for Cyprus. And Paul chooses Silas, 
and left and commended by the and was commended by the believers to the grace of the Lord. He went through Syria and Sicilia, strengthening the churches. So interesting, right? The early church, not without flaws, not without interpersonal conflict. Um, but in both of these cases, um, so the one case, you see this conflict of doctrine where they do the right thing, right? They come together, they discuss it, they listen to each other's perspective, they listen to the Holy Spirit, and they come to the right conclusion. And then here, um, there's a sharp disagreement between Paul and Barnabas. Doesn't mean they aren't brothers anymore, doesn't mean they don't love each other, but you know what? You want to do it one way, I want to do it a different way. Doesn't, you know, doesn't mean I'm right and you're wrong. It's just we, we can't come to a... Uh, a consensus, a reconciliation, or a, a, we can't agree on this. So we're going to part ways. And sometimes, don't you know, in uh, relationships, that's how it happens. Like, you know, you want to do it one way, I want to do it another way. I'm not trying to, I'm not going to tell you you're doing it wrong. It's just, uh, we just are going to do it different. And so we'll do our, go our separate ways. Uh, still loving each other and still in a spirit of unity, still praying for each other. But we're just going to take different paths. And, uh, and sometimes that's okay. So. All right, you guys, thanks so much for being on today. Hope this uh, word spoke to you. Hope you see just the incredible work of the Holy Spirit in keeping the church uh, centered on what was on the gospel. That is by the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ that we are saved and nothing else. It is that that saves us. And uh, praise God that the church was listening to the Spirit and came to that conclusion. And it continues to correct us throughout the centuries. In every area of the church, it keeps correcting us because we keep wanting to add things to the gospel. Well, you got to like the gospel, but you also got to like this version, this translation of the Bible. That's how you get saved. Or you got to be baptized exactly like this. Or you've got to be, you got to like my style of music. Or you got to dress like this. Or you got to be on, in this political party or th that political party. <laughs> or you got to have a certain opinion on hot topics like systemic racism. No, we see things differently. It's okay. Uh, is there racist, racism in the world? Well, I think anyone who has eyes can see that. Yes, for sure. Um, and so, you know, those hot topics, you can have conversation. Um, political discussions, political disagreements. You can have those conversations. And you may end up parting ways. You know, you, you want to go that way. I'm going to go this way. I still love you. I still can have conversation with you. I can still pray for you. I still believe you're going to be in heaven, even though you don't vote the way I do. Um, but we can go separate ways and still um, be in unity. So, so uh, yeah, I hope, hope uh, this helped you uh, today and uh, seeing the beauty of the gospel. And let us uh, commit ourselves not to making it difficult, uh, more difficult for anyone who's turning to God. Let's, let's make that as easy as possible. That doesn't mean we dilute the gospel. The gospel is a big enough obstacle itself, right? So, so we don't dilute the gospel but we, we remove every other barrier that might stand in the way of someone truly responding to the good news of Jesus. All right, you guys, thanks for being on today. Hey, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your holy word. Thank you for my friends. Thank you for uh, what you're doing in their lives, um, that what you're teaching them and teaching me and, and, and uh, developing in them, Lord, and developing in me. Lord, help us to be all that you desire for us to be. Help us to be your hands and feet today. Help us to be ambassadors of good news. Help us to remove obstacles that keep people from you, unnecessary obstacles that keep people from you. Lord, may your blessing and your grace and your peace be upon each person at the sound of my voice. May they know that they are loved because they are. We pray this in Jesus's strong name.
Amen. Amen. God bless you, my friends. Have a fantastic day. Thank you for spending time in the Word of God today. Have a great day. Thank you for liking, subscribing, sharing this podcast. I really appreciate it. Have a fantastic Thursday or whatever day you're listening to this. Love you guys. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.